Chapter Three of Venus Boy by Lee Sutton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: A Dangerous Target. As the two men moved closer to Johnny's and Baba's meat tree, they appeared to be arguing about something. The trader glittered as he waddled forward. His armor was of the clearest, brightest marva plant plastic, and his fingers were studded with marva jewel rings. They stopped just a few feet away from the tree. Johnny could tell the trader was angry. Though he was keeping himself under tight control, his heavy jaw was set, and his little black eyes flashed under his smooth, hairless brow. "'I'll put it to you straight, Rick,' the trader's heavy voice rumbled up to Johnny. "'I couldn't stay in business a year if I did as you asked me to.' The red-haired bodyguard was flushed. "'Well, then I guess I'll have to do it,' he said in a tight, defiant voice. "'If you won't warn the colonists, I will.' Harkness's jaw tightened. "'Better think it over, Rick.' His voice was still controlled and level. He gripped Rick's shoulder with a pudgy, jeweled hand. "'Remember those hunters trusted me. They figured my bodyguard wouldn't do anything I told him not to.' If you warn the colonists, I'll have to make it clear you were on your own." His voice held a threat. "'What do you mean?' Rick demanded, pushing the hand from his shoulder. "'The least I would do would be to fire you back to Earth,' he said ominously. Johnny drew in his breath. He knew how much Rick wanted to stay on Venus. The traitor got his bodyguards by paying their way to Venus. He agreed to stake them for hunting if they did good work for a year. Otherwise they were sent back to Earth. It was said that men who crossed Trader Harkness never made it alive. "'I'm sorry, Trader,' Rick said, "'but I'll take my chances. If you don't like what I do, I'll join the colony.' "'I should have guessed it,' the Trader said contemptuously, "'when you began hanging around that worthless Jeb.' The trader paused, and then the threat in his voice was no longer veiled. "'Believe me, Saunders. Join that colony, and you'll regret it.' The heavy man turned slowly and moved toward his trading post. Fascinated, Johnny had all but forgotten the meat-fruit in his hand. The trader was almost past him when he remembered. With a little toss Johnny let go of the juicy fruit. For an instant he thought he had thrown too far but the trader waddled forward just right. With a sickening plop the red fruit exploded on the top of Trader Harkness's shining headglobe. Dripping purple gobs splattered through the air-slits, smearing the stone-ball head. A strong sweet smell floated up to Johnny. For a moment Harkness stood perfectly still in shocked amazement. Then the tremendous man began to dance about in sheer rage and discomfort. "'Water!' he yelled, his rumbling voice rising to a shrill cry. "'Get some water!' He was bouncing up and down in an odd way, his clenched fists hitting the air. All his dignity was gone. Johnny stared open-mouthed, awed by his own daring. Rick Saunders stood still a second, and then broke into a guffaw. "'I tell you, get me some water!' Trader Harkness roared. Three or four hunters and Jeb the old guard came running up. 
They took one look, and they too broke into laughter. Jeb was carrying a fire-bucket. "'Never thought I'd ever get this chance, Will,' Jeb crackled, and sloshed the bucket of water over Harkness. The water splashed on the bald head and washed the bits of fruit down the trader's neck and under his armor. The big man stood there dumb with anger. Johnny's throat ached with the laughs he'd kept back. He glanced up the branch where Baba sat. The little bear's fur was shivering with fun. His eyes opened wide, and, with a whir of click-clicks, meaning, Watch me, Johnny, he leaped into space. He kicked up a flurry of dust as he bounced to the ground and up to his feet in front of the trader and the other men. By this time the crowd had grown to a dozen men. Baba stopped a moment to make sure everyone was watching him. Then the round little bear began a dancing, bouncing waddle up and down. He clenched his forepaws into little fists and beat the air. His face was screwed up into a mighty frown. It was a perfect imitation of the traitor. The men's laughter swelled to a roar. "'Wreck!' Harkness's voice rumbled out, tight and cold with rage. "'Shoot it!' The laughter stopped suddenly, almost as if it had been switched off. It had been so long since anyone had made fun of the traitor that the man had lost his head. "'I can't do that!' Rick's lean brown face was horrified. Then he became angry. "'I wouldn't shoot a kid's pet.' "'Well, I will.' Moving with more speed than it seemed a large man could muster, the trader's hand snaked toward his holster. Baba saw the joke had gone too far. He leaped into the air, came down with a bounce, and shot up the tree beside Johnny before the trader could level the gun at him. Johnny's mouth went dry. Already the trader was searching the tree for Baba, his pistol up, the safety switch off. The men stood in shocked silence. "'He's right beside me, Mr. Harkness,' Johnny shouted and crawled into full view. "'Come on, Baba, get on my shoulder. He can't shoot me.' As Johnny came into full view, the trader's face grew angrier yet. "'Baba didn't drop that meat-fruit, Mr. Harkness,' Johnny said firmly. "'I did.' "'It's got guts,' one of the hunters muttered. As Johnny slid down to the ground he saw his mother pushing her way through the group of men. Her lips were tight together, her face white. "'You're going to get it,' Baba clicked. "'Here comes your pop and Captain Thompson, too.' Mrs. Watson strode straight up to Trader Harkness, her eyes blazing. "'You ought to be ashamed,' she said to the man. Then she turned on Johnny. And so had you, young man. No planet fall for you. Johnny's heart leaped. He'd done it at last. Now, Mr. Harkness, Johnny's mother's voice was very low. What Baba and Johnny did was very wrong. I apologize for them. And Johnny will certainly be punished. Nevertheless, I never want to hear of you or anyone else threatening Baba again. Is that clear? Taken aback, the trader nodded. That goes for the whole family, Mr. Harkness. Johnny's father stepped forward, straight and tall, and put his arm around his wife's shoulder. Not to mention the colony, he went on. We have a pretty big stake in that bear. 
The fat, short trader seemed suddenly as cold as ice. His heavy jaw thrust out, and his little black eyes looked straight at Johnny's father. "'Valuable or not, I don't have to put up with insults. Not from those two or any of you. If that's the kind of thanks I get for ten years of working with you, I'm through. You can fight your own battles now.' He jerked his head around towards Rick. "'Come on.' "'I'm staying,' the young man said. "'All right, stay.' The smooth, bald head swiveled back to the Watson family. "'I told this man I'd fire him back to earth, but let him stay. After the hunters have picked your bones, I'll take care of him.' He turned and with heavy footsteps walked away. His slow waddle did not seem funny now. The hunters in the crowd stood for a moment and then followed him. Captain Thompson addressed Johnny's father. That sounded like a declaration of war. Johnny's father nodded grimly. I think our colony is getting too big for him, he said slowly. He's been looking for a way to break with us, and Johnny gave him just the kind of excuse he needed. Yep, said Jeb, but don't be too hard on Johnny. Maybe it's just as good it happened now when we got Marva Claus to buy us some extra firepower. You might not have those claws long enough to do any good, Rick Saunders cut in. I was just going to warn you. Four hunters just asked Harkness in on a plan to rob the stockade. The trader turned him down, but— Which four hunters? Captain Thompson broke in. A shadow passed over Rick's face. I don't know which ones. He looked at Mr. Watson eagerly. I want to help, though. I'm hoping you'll take me on as a guard. We can sure use you. Jeb stepped up and slapped the young man on the back. Mr. Watson appeared to consider for a moment. He looked Rick up and down, and then glanced at Captain Thompson, who nodded. All right, Rick, he said. You go on over to the guard barracks, and Jeb will check you out. When you're through, report to Captain Thompson. Rick Saunders grinned. Old Jeb threw an arm around his shoulder, and they walked off together. When they were out of hearing, Captain Thompson turned to Johnny's father. "'I don't know if I like this,' he said. "'Harkness may have planted that man on us. I'm certainly not going to let him get anywhere near our claws. I'll keep an eye on Saunders personally.' "'But gosh,' Johnny broke in, "'I heard him arg—' "'I think, Johnny,' said his father sternly, "'you said and done enough for one day.' The traitor is a proud man, and by making a fool of him you've given the colony a deadly enemy." He turned back to Captain Thompson. "'We'd better change our plans, Captain. It looks like we should double, maybe even triple, the guard.'" End of Chapter 3